Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Creative Contact. I'm your host, Kia Orion, the man who is obsessed with making great music and teaching you how to make your own. Thank you much. Thank you so much for tuning in, whether it's on audio, whether it's on video. You could be anywhere in the world, but you're here with me, and I appreciate that. So today's episode is going to be in very typical Kia fashion, a wide ranging sum of a couple different ideas that I've been thinking about. I've been wrestling, I've been wrangling over the last week from different content that I've listened to, podcasts I've heard, videos I've seen, conversations I've had about a few different topics. I also think I keep getting hairs in my mouth. So if you, if I'm, if I'm looking weird, that's why. I mean, I look weird for a lot of other reasons too, but that's that's maybe one reason why I'm doing weird stuff today. So first of all, speaking of looking weird, I just did a quick aside. Is it just me or a mustache is back? I feel like I was in the gym today and I saw, I was like, yo, mustaches are coming back. I'm not saying I'm setting the trend, but like, you know what I mean? I don't want to take all the credit for mustaches coming back, but you know, maybe a little bit. I'll take a little credit for, you know, something light. I am stoked about that. Anyways, today's episode is going to be mustaches aside, about kind of three things. I'm gonna st- we're going to start off easy with dating, fun stuff. That's why my Tia Cookie's here. She's like, yeah, I don't want to hear about your dreams. I want to hear about your sex life. <laughs> so we're going to jump into dating first. That's for you, Tia Cookie. And then I'm going to lead y'all from dating. We're going to do a hard turn and go to death. And uh, I know that those, I mean, those could be kind of oppositely related. You know what I mean? creating life and then losing it. But that's something I've been, wanted to t- I've been thinking about. Uh, there was a podcast I heard recently this week that really got me thinking and how much actually that has helped me in a lot of ways this last week. Think outside the box, think about my own life and actually thinking about death, I feel like has really improved the quality of my life, as strange as that is to say, which we're going to get to. And then the last piece, last chunk of this is a kind of a key of life update in terms of like where I'm at, what's next. I finally locked in some travel plans in terms of ne- what's happening next, book tickets, booked Airbnbs, things are rocking and rolling, but you got to stick around to hear about those. But those are also inspired by kind of this, the last piece of this entire pod, which I want to talk to you guys about. I've been doing some real even with the death kind of piece tied in there, like some real radical self-reflection and have some some questions I want to th- toss your way and some ideas that I feel like could be interesting to have a little bit of a discourse with you about. Even though this doesn't really count as discourse because it's pretty much one-sided, but I'm going to pretend that you're giving me back the feedback that I'm looking for. So, but we're going to start, we're going to start fun. And actually, we aren't going to start fun. We're going to start with a question, which do you prefer on a first date, fun or interesting? Because I was talking to a friend recently, and we were talking about her dating life, and I was telling her a little bit about mine, and she's like, yeah, on the first date, I just want to have fun. She's like, that's... I was like, what's the most important to you? Because she was saying she had this string of bad dates and, and then she had one that knocked out of the park. And I was like, what, what, you know, what was it about that? that?" And she's like, we just had fun. And this got me thinking because I heard a podcast. This is also going to, this is how we're going to transition into the death piece later. 
you know, I know you guys are really excited about that. So I just want to keep, you know, teasing it. Um, that, you know, that's everybody's favorite topic, but I was listening to a podcast with Tim Ferriss and he had this box of questions. I think they were called like whole questions, but if you've done any sort of like networking event where you have these questions, I've, they had some Medellin that were really fun. They're like these games with like deep questions that don't normally have like consecutive questions on them. So some might start like, what's your favorite color? And then like by the hardest one, it's like, what are you most afraid of? But they're cool, kind of like icebreakers. And so I went to this event when I was in Medellin and we would gather in a group. It was all strangers. You're getting, it's a way to kind of like, you just get to know people. And we got together and then would answer these questions in kind of random groups of three or four small groups. And in this podcast with Tim, he and his friend, he's actually the guy who invented WordPress. His friend is the guy who like built like a fourth or a third of the internet, no big deal. And they're answering these questions, but you just pull them out of a box. They're kind of these deep questions. And I was like, ooh, that might be fun to do on a first date. And I think because it's Kia, that's like my version of fun is to be like, hey, nice to meet you. Like, what's your greatest fear? And so thinking about maybe why I've been struggling with dating in that regard is to me, when I dial this in, I realize that my goals on a date are often very different, I think. It's kind of a mismatch maybe with, a, with, with what the woman wants, where I think the woman might just want to have fun but I guess for me, fun nights are, a, I don't want to say a dime a dozen, but I have a lot of fun. I, I enjoy my life a lot. I think for me, this is what the difference is, and I'm curious your opinion, is would for me, I'd almost rather have an interesting night than a fun night. I'd rather have an interesting life than a fun life. And I think that that might be a partial disconnect where to me, those questions to me sound fun because it's different. I like, I like that idea of, and this is something I've been thinking about a lot too, of our life being a simulation, our life kind of being a video game, our life being something that as nerdy as I am and thinking about kind of us having this kind of like programming and code that I like the, to run with the coding analogy, I like ideas, conversations, events, things that kind of break the script, like break the code, things that are, like I said, different, interesting, things that you might go, oh, you got it, surprising. I guess I like those more than I do the idea of just having a good time. I think they can go hand in hand for sure. But I think to me, I like those rather than what do you do? Where are you from? Do you have siblings? Talk to me about, oh, that's, you know what I mean? I'd rather be like, tell me about, like, if you could be, if you had one year to live, what would you do? Like, those types of things that are, just, to me, fun, because it's just, it's a little bit, it's a little bit, I don't want to say deeper, because it's not necessarily being deep, although maybe it is, I'm into trying to live a deep life, but it really gets to someone's, like, architecture, and I think about this a lot because I've been trying to work on my own architecture, which is I'm going to get to later on down in this pod. But to really kind of go, I think I can, I've had a lot of fun dates, but the ones that I remember the most are the ones that were the, like totally knocked it out of the park in terms of like fun. And yes, they're fun, but also probably because they're interesting. And then also the most terrible ones. But those are also incredibly memorable because they were interesting, right? I remember 
<laughs> I've got so many, so many bad date stories, but there are a lot in between that were fun that are not memorable. And I'm not saying everything has to be different or a super deep night or anything like that. I think there is a real beauty in just having a good time with somebody. But my point being is that 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 switch for me of thinking about how if I'm going to if I'm taking a girl on a date or if I'm dating somebody, how can I how can I maybe make this a little bit more spontaneous? How can I make this a little bit different than the zillion other guys you've dated. I think especially at this point in my life, I think when we were younger, it was easier. If you're 18, 19, 20, 21, you've had some dates. It's not like you've had a zillion dates. So things are kind of fun. At this time, I'm 30. I'm dating girls in their 30s. You've had a lot of dates. You might have even had multiple year-long relationships or marriages. Like you had a lot of experience at this point. And so for me too, thinking about in my own life, like how can I make things fun by being different but it's something that i realize i may be in the small minority and so i was just curious your take on that which brings me to speaking about dating how this was something i was thinking about this morning was i was at the gym it's something i've been thinking about a lot lately too but at the gym it just kind of sparked this again in my mind and i want to talk to you about it is how important the decision is your the choosing your partner if you believe in marriage if you believe in lifelong partnership and everlasting love and all of that like that could be the single most important decision of your life and it blows my mind how many people half ass that decision or don't to me like really i think give it the real a real, like a lot of thought. It's almost something that's just like, it feels almost just kind of like an, again, the scripts, right? These scripts we run, we're in a relationship for this amount of times, so then we automatically do this, we automatically do this, and then we get married, and then we do this. Rather than being like, okay, I'm three years in, like, is this really something I want to continue or not? Like, there's just, and I, I think it's really hard to ignore those sunk costs. This is not coming, this is coming from someone who's never had a multi-year relationship. But, I think maybe for me that that idea of like it could make every day for the rest of your life difficult is part of the reason why I'm still single. <laughs> like maybe I'm overthinking it, but there's a piece to that to me that's really important. And so I say that to say that I was at the gym this morning and the, I'm in Brazil, if you don't know, and there's, I don't speak much Portuguese, but there's a girl and I was I was like, whoa, she was like doing some ab stuff on the floor. And listen, the Brazilians go hard. Like a CrossFit, there's like eight CrossFit gyms in a mile radius. They're super flat. I'm easily like when I'm in the gym here, I'm like bottom 20 percentile. I'm like, I'm like busted compared to some of these dudes. I think I'm kind of cute. And they'll go into these gyms and be like, yo, I need to get it together. I need to start taking protein or steroids or something because these boys are handsome, handsome, tatted, brolic, sweet. Like, it's a problem. I uh, I either need to switch my demographic or start taking human growth hormone. And they, that's to say the girls are also very attractive as well. But being in there, there are a lot of cuties. But sometimes you, 
you're just in the zone and I don't I don't want to bother women at the gym often because I know y'all are there working out. You aren't really there to try to like meet somebody. Sometimes you are, sometimes you're not. I I try to give you your space and not gawk at you and do that whole thing because I I've heard from so many women how uncomfortable that is. So I really try to keep my eyes to myself, let you do your thing and just like you know, focus and do my own thing. But sometimes, once in a blue, it's, you know, you got to talk to somebody. So there's this girl who was, like, working out, doing her ab thing. And then she had these, like, little rest periods. And I was doing my ab thing kind of next to her. And I just, like, I was, like, having a really hard time not staring at her because she was just cute. She was really cute. She had a nice little bod. And I was, like, you know what? I'll just ask her if she speaks English and see where it goes. And if she does, maybe it can be something... Or maybe it could be something. But if she doesn't, it's really hard to, it's hard for me to, I realized that my first week here and I would like approach girls and they just began, so I was like, this is, I'm going to, this is going to be a monk, very like, there's going to be a time of solitude in my life, a couple months of <laughs> solitude. It's cool. But I ended up going over to talk to her and I started kind of chatting with her for a second and I was like, hey, you speak English? She was like, no. I was like, hey, no problem. I think you're cute, but I don't speak Portuguese very well. Thanks for your time. Sorry for interrupting. Peace. Ciao. And, but she was just like not super friendly. And I don't blame her. I'm not saying she had to be. But when I see her now, I'll be like, like, you know, because it's, you know, I'm kind of, I'm saying, hey, I think you're cute. Like it is what it is. I'll see her. I'll be like, give her like a head nod up or like a little piece or like whatever. Try to acknowledge her. And she just always kind of has like this scowl on her face. And I think some women, you got to do that, especially if you get approached a lot. You've had experiences just like you guys like stay the fuck away from me. And I get that. Some girls will kind of have that. I think I actually have a lot of girlfriends who have that kind of like, I don't want to say resting bitch face, but y'all know y'all got that kind of like mean face. But then if you say what's up, you're you kind of like, like, hey, what's going on? And you're like actually super sweet, but you got to have that kind of like, don't fuck with me vibe, which I get. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. But sometimes I'll approach a girl that kind of have that like, don't fuck with me vibe. And also just kind of just seem like just not happy, which is fine. You don't have to be happy. But it's interesting to me how in my experience, I've dated some women like that where it's not like they just aren't super happy just kind of also sometimes in general, like maybe just have like a little bit more of like a negative disposition or like, I think I can sometimes be a little pessimistic too, but I'd say at heart, I'm an optimist. Like I wake up and until life kind of beats me down for the day, like I at least wake up, like we can do this until I realize how futile, futile it all is. And then I'm like, peace, I'm going to go eat chips. So That is one experience I've had in the gym. At the, but she's gorgeous. At the other hand, on the other hand, I don't think you can at the other hand unless add an Instagram profile, is the girl, she's the manager of the gym. And from the moment I signed up, she was like super sweet. And she, she tried to like show me the machines. And I was like, can you not tell from this body I work out? Obviously, couldn't. She was like showing me how to work all, you know, all that. She's like, "This is a dumbbell." I was like, "Oh, interesting. I, I don't know if I've seen one of those before." So again, also speaks Portuguese. Only speaks Portuguese, but just her disposition. Every time I see her, she'll like acknowledge me, smile at me. Today she came up and like 
touch my shoulder and like tried to like point me towards these other ways that I may not have seen. Just super sweet. If I'm just like resting for a second, it's like two floors of the gym. I'll sometimes be up on that second floor and it's like an open floor plan. So I can like, just, I'll look out and just kind of look, I just like to look at people doing their thing. And, and like, I'm sometimes she'll look up and like make eye contact with me and she'll like, like shoot, shoot at me. It's just whatever. But like, I was like, how different would that experience be dating her? If I asked her on a date, when I date with her compared to the hot girl and the hot, maybe if I were cuter and I was one of the big brolic dudes, she, maybe if I was more, more her type, I don't know what it was. The, the scowly girl might have been more sweet. So that, that, that she may be a very sweet person. I don't know. I've had one conversation with her and a bunch of like awkward try to like give her head nod ups. But I was like, how she was gorgeous. So the, the, the manager lady, not so much. I wouldn't say she's gorgeous. She's cute, but she's not like, whoa, like I got to like fumble through some Portuguese to just try to talk to her. But it made me think like how different that just that experience alone between those two. If you expand that out over a lifetime, how different your life turns out. And this is, again, a microscopic experience example. Two people I don't even know. Two people I'm reading a lot of signals into. But... It just it's that constant reminder when I think about to myself before when I was in Medellin and I was dating, how certain people I would have to try so hard. And that was when I was also reading a lot of dating books. And there's one that I read lately I've talked to you guys about before that was a game changer for me. That's like be and it was just a constant reminder, like be yourself, double down on yourself and those that are supposed to fuck with you will fuck with you. And like. That's the point. And so I have, I have my, my Russian buddy, Vlad, out Medellin. I'll always be like, I'll send him, I'll be like, because Instagram is crazy at, like, the algorithm, like, picking up, like, who you think is cute or not. If you just, like, like a couple photos, it's like, like, the Instagram, the Instagram algorithm is dangerous. But I'll be like, it's interesting, our, our perspective of beauty is so different. And it's because, to me, I think a real element of beauty is like if the person seems sweet like that to me is so attractive where for vlad he'll be like yeah like he'll be like dude she's not cute but there's something about just her profile or her photos or something that feels like she's just a nice person that to me like trumps like that like stereotypical hotness like any day if i can tell from your profile too like you're a little too into yourself that's like a huge turnoff for me. And again, that's because that's me. And that's my, that like, there's something about somebody's vibe and their outlook on life and their ideas that I realized to me is so intrinsically attached to their physical beauty that it's impossible for me to separate those two. And I, I get caught up sometimes, I think, in the more superficial piece of like, whatever she looks like just from that that uh, the reason I was trying to read these dating books and I was buying cologne and this is because I was like trying to get that type of person to like me I was almost like forming myself to try to be the person that those girls like and so when those dates they'd, I'd try really hard and I was like man 
I'm I messing up like my messing like my vibe. Maybe I'm not enough of my masculine. Like maybe I my lines are wrong. And the the as much as I am into being smart about cues and body language and tone of voice and the and your game and et cetera, like if it works for real, if it's a good match, like you don't even really have to think about that shit. And I think that that's my, I keep coming back to that. It's easy for me to lose track of as kind of a superficial, toxic masculine man. But like there's, it's really boiling down. If it's, if it clicks, and sometimes it, have, sometimes it doesn't just happen on the first date, right? There's something I've talked about with my friend Lena before too. Like sometimes you got to give people a real chance on my, one of my, ex in Mexico I didn't think really clicked until the third date second date but I wasn't I like didn't even think about it after I was like yeah she's cool after first date, but whatever it's not like it has to be immediate but when there is some real chemistry there and that I think person accepts you and the chemicals like just connect for whatever reason that because we're just a bunch of stardust floating on a big rock you know through space they're I realize it, it feels effortless. And so for me, I think it's less for me dating is studying less about game appearances, how to attract women, you know, being red pill, masculine, whatever. Like that stuff I think is cool to think about, but also it's like, how do I listen more to like, is this a good match? How much am I trying? How much do I have to kind of like, really work at attracting this person and I'm not saying it doesn't it's not supposed to take work but there's just a different sense there of just a connection that to me I think the real gem will be listening into that more so that's the first piece I'm sure I offended most of you and I apologize for that moving on to more fun topics like death so this is something that I've been thinking about a lot. I know it's like a hard transition, but we're rolling with it. Thinking about it a lot lately from this Tim Ferriss podcast that I heard. And there was this article that he mentioned called The Tail End by Tim Urban, who runs this blog. It's called Wait But Why. And so I read the article. And it was really fascinating. And what it does is it pretty much breaks down your time in a very quantifiable way. It's pretty much like on average, say you lived like 85, 90. It's like, this is the amount of like days you have, weeks you have, years you have. And then you can, depending on how old you are, you can kind of break that down by how much you have left. And it was like, if your parents live to be this old, and you've already spent this much time with them, and you spend this much time with them per year, this is how many times left do you have to see them? And it was just like so, it made so much sense that it was very jarring. It's, I was like, I only have that many times left to see my folks? And, and you know, you can break it down and be like, if I eat sushi like twice a month, I get to eat sushi like, um, like, um, like you can see how many more times you get to eat sushi and it just makes like that. I'm not saying your parents' lives and sushi are comparable, but your appreciation for these things I think is important and being able to see them and knowing, be, just being able to recognize that those, they don't just go on forever, right? That it's like, these are very, these have a very finite time that for me has been 
freeing in a way in the same in the same vein of lifespans that I also think every I don't want to say a couple years but every few years I have like a real brush either with death or with this weird blood disease thing I have that I feel like really kind of wakes me up again so this last year you know only only happened a couple months ago now being in the hospital almost dying with the internal bleeding stuff that like those aren't even guaranteed. That's if you make it to 90, right? On cat lives, I got like six of them bitches left. So I feel like there's there's a piece of that though that has helped me really feel better about everything. <laughs> like as crazy as that sounds, as crazy as it sounds, knowing how insignificant my life is helps me feel better about my day-to-day in it. Knowing how insignificant humans are, how little time we've existed, period, from the rip, makes me feel better about everything. Knowing that it, the, as humans have a finite time, whether we speed it up with climate change or whatever, that's our decision, but like, even Earth has a finite time. And that's what they're talking about in this podcast is that there's – it's not like any of this is forever. And knowing that – I'm not saying like that – like climate change, all these things still take very seriously. Health, like just like knowing that I'm not here forever isn't like, woo, just party all the time. It's like, no, I'm going to dial in my health. Knowing the Earth isn't forever, like really dialing in, like recycling, whatever your thing is. But that knowing those things – in a way helps makes me feel almost more present and especially i've been thinking about this because you probably saw this coming a mile away but with all the stuff going on with russia and ukraine where i've got some homies in ukraine and those how insecure i don't say this to scare anybody but like how insecure life really is how fragile life really is i think is something that i i often lose track of as well and ending up in the hospital almost dying because of one pill that i wasn't supposed to take was very humbling speaking of the chemistry stuff that were all chemicals and that shit can change like that it was like one afternoon i was it had been going for a couple days but i didn't realize it but like one afternoon i'm like in my apartment i'm like i can't really do anything without needing to like lie down i should probably go to the hospital but i'm like in my apartment like i just ate lunch like things around and then it's been 24 hours i've been in the hospital i've passed out i've had these crazy blood transfusions i'm hooked up i'm like i feel like i'm bane from fucking batman with like a bunch of different like wires in me and just like on the bed like liquid diet and like they're trying like bleeding internally i'm like this shit Took a fast turn, dude. Like, a lot can happen in 24 hours. And then you, as soon as you're in there, like, and if you've ever been in the hospital, whatever, you realize it's like you're off to the races. That snap didn't come out very well. That's what I was looking for. And then you're off to the races. And so I think there's a real, a real power in being confident and not, not having that keep you indoors or scared. But the fragility of it for me has been very 
freeing because I just don't, it helps me realize how, what's important. It really helps me dial in what's important to me. And right now, again, in terms of career or lack thereof with, with, you know, with my music of like trying to get things going on TikTok and on a YouTube channel and get more likes and followers and build clout and build a community. Like these things are really cool. But at the end of the day, I think about death and those, like you strip all those away and nothing really matters. So on one hand, it's depressing a bit because none of it matters. But at the same hand, it really makes me feel like I have complete freedom at the same time. And I've just really been embodying that a lot. Uh, when I was younger, I think I, I felt like I gave up power a lot to other people. Like when I was at the record label, it's like, wow, these people, they have these positions and things of that nature that for me, I'm, I'm still impressed with what you do. If what you do is really impressive for lack of a better word, I'm impressed with you. It's impressive. I swear I went to college, but there's, I'm almost like worried less about that now. And I'm more like, who are you? You know, like I don't give men, I think in particular, like just power over me just from what they've done and like we're still men and so I like to use people's first names more often like yes I'll still give you the credit if you're a professor or a president of this or whatever it is like your title I, I respect it but I understand you're still you're still a human right you still breathe like I breathe you feel like I feel you bleed like I bleed and I think that there's a, a power kind of in that knowing that that that's universal so it's made me feel more empowered in a way. And also the death thing that like we all, I was talking to my mom about this the other day, that as we get older, we have more experience and you learn that life is difficult. And in that journey, for me, it's been the biggest, the biggest hack is this relatability to everybody. Because the older you get, the less stupid shit matters for the most part. That when I was in high school, there were a lot of people that thought I was weird, did stupid stuff to me. I felt some type of way about it. In college, same thing. Now, I don't really have a problem with anybody. I can talk to those people from high school or they'll reach out and be like, Kia, I heard the music or whatever. It was cool. And it's like, really? And I think it's there's this universal piece of... I don't want to say trauma, but I want to say of tragedy that is so universal to the human experience that it gives a great relatability to practically everyone. Whether I, I've known incredibly wealthy, rich people that struggled with the same problems of the same folks on the opposite end of the spectrum. Like we all, there is a, I think real in now traveling around different cultures, there is a certain tragedy that comes with life. That's it's difficult. That is beautiful that we're kind of all going through it together. And I was talking to my mom about her. It was some crazy, it was like her 40th high school reunion. I can't remember. It was something that was online. She was like, man, a lot of these people, like I didn't get along with great when we were in high school, but now we had this reunion and, and everybody, you just see things differently that I think for me, the older I get, the more that's helped me, even in different cultures, different opposite ends politically, whatever you believe that there's this sort of like this real connection I just feel with like having going through this thing 
together. There are certain folks that you'll have more in common with, of course, but that that real that real understanding about death and family and what's important that I go through it, Drake goes through it, you go through it, that makes it makes it powerful. And death is one of those things that ties us all together. It's like one of those things nobody's been able to escape yet. Elon might figure something out, but that is, it's just, it's powerful. And so really trying to think about my future self more in that regard of, I know this isn't forever. So what do I want to leave behind? And what do I want to do with my short time here? Which is going to tie into our third topic for today that I want to talk to you about, which is this idea about radical responsibility, architecture of the mind, and thinking about a future self. And this is a podcast I heard today. I should link this up in the show notes. I've heard, I've heard interviews with this author before, and it's really got me thinking about stuff differently. But his one today just really hit home. And so this whole morning, I haven't been able to shake this thought about thinking about our future selves and how bad we are at, I think, envisioning sometimes that our future self is going to be different than our current self, even though like we feel like we're like, yeah, this version is going to be the same version in five years, even though we have like so much evidence if we look five years in the past, like how different that version of us was compared to this version that it's like, it's of course we're going to be so different. And so what I want to do is start keeping track more diligently of my versions, the versions of Kia, the progress updates, when I can update my software and sort of really dialing in like, what are my core beliefs right now? What are the things that are important to me right now? That part of this podcast serves as a trajectory of that as well. These are, these are, I like engaging with these ideas with you because these give me a real timestamp as well of the journey that I find very helpful. And I like looking back on that. Wow, that's what I was doing or that's what I thought. Man, I had it totally screwed up. But thinking about that very vividly in terms of that future self and also really coming to terms with where I am in the process in terms of if I'm not where I want to be, owning that, saying that's 100% on me. And what are the skills necessary that I'll need to develop? What are the habits, the bad habits I've created I need to unlearn excuse me, in order to do that? And how can I take some big leaps? And I think that that's where I teased you at the beginning talking about next steps that we're going to get into. It's really hard for me to imagine this life in the States because my homeostasis now is nomad life. You could drop me anywhere in the world for the most part, and I feel like I'll be able to figure it out in terms of my living situation, finding a good place to work, finding community, etc. What is not in my homeostasis is how to, do you drop me anywhere in the world or you drop me anywhere in the States, how to create a music community and get into that scene and how to progress in music. My The one thing I want to do in my career is the place where I feel almost the most kind of gray and mysterious. It feels like the most, the farthest thing from 
what I really know, which is why I'm still where I am at 30. It's something I need to learn. But that homeostasis piece at the same time, I think is, I feel like right now it's my biggest asset and it's my Achilles heel. And so I spoke to a dear mentor and friend who has helped me a ton over the years, Nick Nimmin, shout out Nick. He's, he helps people. He's like a YouTube kingpin in that space. And I met him in Chiang Mai. I've told the story on here before, but just a good dude and huge heart. And when I really need it, he'll give me some, some gems and he'll ask me tough questions. And if you're a homie, you know that you probably serve that, that purpose too. When I'm like, Hey, and, and I really kind of call on you. I appreciate you giving me the time and, and showing me the mirror and sometimes showing me tough love. Cause I think that's, that's what I need is I lose track of my own blind spots. And so your insight is helpful. At the same time, Nick had one of those conversations with me where he, he asked me, he's like, hey, what do you really want, dude? Like, how, how are these things helping you get to where you want to go? Like, is, does that really help you? Like, think, like really magnifying out. And are these just cool opportunities or is this really helping you get to where you want to go? So I was talking to him about, I was pitching him on moving to LA, moving to Atlanta. And dialing in my issue right now is money. Nomad life, it's great for what I make in the States, I would not be able to swing it for the lifestyle that I want. And so it was like, how do we reverse engineer? First of all, making money so that I have more so I can just go to the States and do this thing for real. And that was kind of like, and still continue my vision. And that's with the music. So I'm doubling down on my social media stuff with music. I'm going to be, I've been making three TikToks a day. I'm dabbling on TikTok. I've always, I've never been great at social media, but I've never, I feel like really learned it, learned it and really given it a shot and stay consistent. So TikTok, I've just made that, that commitment to myself over the next six, seven, eight months until something happens or until it's the end of the year and I switch projects, whatever. I'm just going to just learn this platform and just like crank on it and really figure it out and give it a real shot and plan it into my schedule and treat it seriously. Treat it like it's a job. I've never done that before. Treat it like it's a real job. I'm always the craft. I treat like it's a job. I, 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 I treat the craft like it's more than a job, right? That's what I've dedicated my life to is the art, but the, in order to actually make that sustainable, right? Creating the, creating some sort of marketing around, it, I think is equally as important as a part I've never dedicated to or stuck with really been consistent with. And so that's one piece is like Kia's music, making three TikToks a day, diving into that, that platform and really learning it, studying it, figuring out where that goes and seeing where that goes with a commitment. If in eight months I still have 52 followers, I'll be like, didn't work and maybe we'll move on to something else, but I'm going to give it a shot. Next piece is again, with making money is doubling down on my beat school, the, my beat school online and that YouTube channel and really building that YouTube channel out, selling my courses, selling my sample packs, vocal templates, all that sort of stuff that around music production and audio engineering and really taking that seriously too, that I have in the past, especially when I was like hustling beats and selling beats online, but never really in terms of like, I've, I've always had online platforms for the music production stuff outside of YouTube, but I think YouTube could be a real key. So really doubling down on that. 
But at the same time, like I said, the reason I think it's an Achilles heel is because I do think I'm still in my homeostasis. I'm still in kind of my comfort zone. Creating content is what I love to do. That's and learning these things I get excited about. That's cool. But I think the down the line, moving you know, again, that move back to the States and really figuring out that entertainment industry will be will be the shift that I need. And it's hard for me now because it's so different than this life. It's hard for me to imagine what that would even look like, a successful life doing that. And I think that's where partially, same with the nomad life, until you jump for it, you don't really realize that like I need to give that a real shot and at least experiment with it. And and I'm sure I'll be able to figure it out and I'll be able to draw connections there. But again, it's either Elon or some smart dude who said you can really only connect the dots like after you've drawn them like in retrospect. And I think that that's part of it. Is I just, I'm almost just like need to draw that dot. But... I want to at least, I'm not putting it off forever, but I, I want to at least have a little bit of a savings and a little bit of a, a little bit more income and give it a real shot. So that's kind of where I'm at. So where I'm going back to Medellin for a couple months, I've got this month here in Brazil and then I'm going to Ireland, see my mom and pop. I'm going to make a quick stop over to London to meet up with this guy who's been helping me with me with my music marketing. Shout out Ayaz. And then I'm going to go back to Medellin for a bit. I'm thinking a couple months. And then I'm, I'd love to get to Buenos Aires by the end of the year. That's been on my bucket list for a long time. But right now it's our winter time. So that's not when I want to go. And then it'll be probably around a new year. So that's kind of what the schedule is going to be. Medellin for a hot minute and then Buenos Aires. And then I'm thinking maybe early next year is when I actually do my kind of jump to the States. I just going to buckle down. Go somewhere where that I know, like Medellin, and just like crank for probably the next six to eight months and then see where it goes from there. See if I can do some damage, get my income up a little bit, get things rocking and rolling, and then dive in. But I realized that there's some architecture in my brain. In order to get to that next level, I'm going to need to change. This is the piece that needs to change. It's like there's a mentality. There's some sort of block or something in here that I need to, I'm going to need to either unlearn or I'm going to need to just like take, take some risks and really take action on to figure out that I think somewhere in there I'm holding myself back and taking full responsibility for where I'm at, mistakes made, regrets, turn those into lessons, learn from them and excited to see what the next chapter brings. But I really, when I really dial it in like the vivid vision piece and think about future self, future key. I really feel like that's the beautiful part is that since there is no path, correct path, it's almost like anything is possible and really trying to dial in like what, what that deep life is. Like what is that, that future version of Kia of life with music and what does that look like? And then reverse engineering it. So that's the episode. I'll leave you right there. A little bit of dating, a little bit of death, a little bit of discipline. I didn't even think of that beforehand, baby. I'm good with the alliteration. You feel me? Thank you for tuning in. As always, if you made it this far, you are a real one. If you have any questions, let me know at Kia Orion everywhere on the internet. If you have commentary, let, them, let me know below. If I offended you, let me know below. Dates. Women. Rather have fun or be interesting. All right, y'all. Check you next time. Thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate y'all. Peace.